This episode of Super GG Radio is brought to you by our Patreon. Patrons of the show can get our Dogs of Super GG Radio newsletter, Super GG Radio stickers, a slap on your closest PC or bag, input on what we cover, game nights with the hosts, and even a chance to win a copy of an indie we talked about. Not only that, but 90% of all patron contributions go to the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Visit patreon.com slash superggradio to learn more. What's good, Internet? Welcome to Session 173 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your host and point-and-click savant, Alex Arona. Uh, Getty wrote these intros. I don't love them. We'll see what happens. Normally, I love them. This one, this one gets some places. With me this week is the man clicking in the dark, looking for answers. Don't do it. Is there something more than what NPC handed? Guys, I put $12 worth of Hoopastank in the jukebox. I'm ready to party. Uh, <laughs> with us is also uh, tech wizard and man with better music taste, Alec Parks. What's going on, Alec? Oh, I found the reason for me to add a teddy bear to the party. A staring contest that I lose, and the reason is you. I, what is all of that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's... We're having a Hoobastank party here. Getty just all of a sudden decided that Hoobastank was the way to go. Reeks of 2001 in here. Let's clear the air. The Hoobastanks and Incubi. Oh, don't don't lump those two in. Incubus is good. Incubus is real good. I always connected the two. I I honestly mm. did. I didn't. Mm. I mean, I think. I, I can I can see it like the the tone of the singer mm-hmm. from Hoobastank is, and they kind of look alike. I, I mean, thin, tall, dangly haired like stoner. Yeah, I mean that they they do same hair like, color too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of similarities. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah I'm out of my element here. It's okay. Hoobastank <laughs> and Incubus are the same band. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, this week we get Wild West and Early Adopters, uh, pour one out for Nintendo homies in the news, and come back to Louisiana in the backlog blog. But first, Early Adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and game jam builds, where we play a dangerous reincarnation lottery. Games that we are talking about today, let's start with Shut the Box! Shut the Shut Box. It. You know what? I actually googled, I was trying to, I was looking up shut the box and turns out that's like a it's an overarching kind of like theory and meta game that like that exists in the world really really the idea is that you have a uh one through nine numbers uh that are little wooden tallies and this is the this is the same as the game as it is in real life. You find these wooden tally numbers that are like you flip them over. You roll dice to make combinations or singles to knock out letter or numbers 1 through 9. Your your goal is to knock out all 1 through 9, but you don't always do that. In the video game we played, it is a game jam build and the idea is that however many numbers uh, we knock out uh, if we get to a point where we can't knock out anything with a roll, we end and it tells us what we get reincarnated as. It's a little bit grim. 
Uh, and a little bit macabre. Is that how you say it? Macabre. I think so. Does it I have think... a bra at the end? I think it does. Macabre. Okay. It could just be macabre. I, I don't mm. know. Hmm. I, that, this is kind of like me when I try to say uh, the name Jorge. Like, I, I, I'd rather be really careful and intentional about where I emphasize the name. <laughs> Otherwise, you're calling somebody out. Yep. Yeah. And it, that's not a great look at work. It really isn't. Joel, what do you think of what did you think of what, what did you think of Shut the Box? Uh Shut the Box was neat. So uh it, it's it's a nice wrapper for that simple gameplay uh, of what you described. And the kind of dour nature of it I think works well. Something like this, if you would try to present it as a full fledged game, it would need to have some sort of theme. And and I think the concept of like, oh, you're you're dead and now you're gonna play a game with death to figure out where you're coming back as is at least kind of a neat conceit. Um the gameplay itself is pretty straightforward. I think it's kind of neat how when you roll the dice, let's say you did a three, you could choose to hit the three if you got it left, or if you use the three or don't want to, you could choose to knock out the one of the two tiles. So there is actually like a tiny bit of strategizing you could do as you roll the die. Uh, most of the time, my intentions or hopes were to try to knock out the higher number outliers when I could, and, and then that way I'd have enough combinations to try to still have some wiggle room if I got more dice rolls. Uh, did you guys ever get to the win state for this? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Yep. Me too. I, I was stubborn. I was like, I have to get to the point where I get to the win state. So, uh, what do we re- what do we reincarnate as when we win? A whale. A, a whale. whale. Yeah. Yeah. And when we lose? Well, that depends on that how depend- many you have yeah. left. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It that it varies. That's why it's kind of cool that you may not get the same reincarnation. What did you guys get? I got uh, the worm and. Oh, I'm blanking on the other one. I, I just got the worm. <laughs> and I, I didn't think I had uh, the same result several times, but I, yeah, I just got the worm. Mm, okay. I, I got the worm, and then, yeah, there was something else. There was... I don't know why I'm blanking on it. I kind of want to go and do, run a quick game to figure out what it was. I mean, Alec, you, you have the link. So you can probably figure it out before the episode ends here. Yeah. Go run the link real quick. So, uh, yeah, as it turns out, Shut the Box is, is, is actually like a, a game that's been around for some time. And it's kind of cool that you can, you know, you could see, you could take something that is like a, a uh, culturally exists and then kind of bring it up and uh, put it in a video game form. And that's pretty cool to me. Yeah, it, it's it's a nice, simple browser-based game. I, I couldn't help but think to myself, like, how could you expand this a little bit to flesh it out in some way? Uh, and I don't know, like, I'm sure there's some ways to do it, but then are you sort of sullying the purity of the experience, right? <laughs> Cause, yeah, cause I mean, we, we, is what works well with it. I mean, we've played games like Dicey Dungeons, right? Hmm. Yeah, and that was very that's that's a that's a way to flesh that out. There's also one right now on Game Pass that came out relatively recently. That was that's also a similar idea. I'm trying to look it up now. Um while you're looking it up, the other animal is a turtle. A turtle. Okay. Ooh. All right. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. 
Uh, the the other game, I can't remember. Oh man, I'm having problems remembering what game it was. But the game on Game Pass, you will only have a certain number of die to use throughout the day, and you have to go through the the world and do different things and different tasks. But you again, most of those things take dice rolls, so you have to kind of decide what you're going to do per day specifically or else you're gonna end up like wasting dice and you only have again a very finite so at the end of the day it resets and it weird. ends up being like like a we like a weird cyberpunk story well that's pretty cool yeah yeah let, let me know once you figure out what yeah no a that lot of people really liked it. it it's a very it was a very hot game that a lot of people talked about um i'll have to find it again i think even like uh our friends at gaming fix were like talking about it too but that's I, I, there's lots of ways to expand the I found that you can expand the mechanics of uh, dice rolls and trying to like get the right number combinations to equate to like either like an action or an event occurring. Uh, but you know, there is something to be said about simplicity and in the sake that uh, this you add in a couple more animals and you can you can kind of make this like a daily thing. What am I getting reincarnated as today? <laughs> I think that's fun. Next game that we played, Tombstar. Uh, Tombstar is a top-down twin-stick shooter that uh, reminds me a lot of, like, Enter the Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon. Uh, you are using the stick to aim and shoot in a rogue-style like uh, map. There are different runs, different perks. You get money. You only have a finite amount of health, and uh, as you go through the different pieces of map and explore, you find keys and other items that could help on your run. I believe it was just Joel and I on this one, Rachel. Oh, you didn't get a chance to play Alec. I, don't, I thought it was a we key. only yeah we had oh. it was a key thing. Okay, we got a we got All a code right. for this one. So I I swiped the other key then. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this game is. You pretty much described it. <laughs> what is it procedurally generated uh, levels? I didn't actually pay attention too much to that. I believe it. Yes, yes, they vary because it's because each map is is a like each part of the map is like a section, like a little closed off arena with random eyes. You know, you could pull up a table and flip it so that you have a shield, yep. or uh, there are bombs in different parts. But each section is just added on, so it's almost like a modular map. That's actually one of the things I liked about this game is is how much cover space there was in most of the sections of the the levels here uh to your point there are like tables you could flip and most of your enemies in this level at least were other sort of desperado type uh cowboys uh some robot types uh, and then other guys that would sort of charge you and then one of the enemies was just sort of a cylindrical kind of thing that would shoot blasts all across there and so you had a few different evasive options. One is to cover, like that. And the other one is, at least for the, the first character you've got, they can sort of do a, a dive roll uh, to have a dodge window from the projectiles here. The, the actual gameplay, it has a nice sort of smooth movement to it. So mm. it, it doesn't feel slow. It's not, like, zippy fast, uh, unless you choose the always run option when you're not in battle. But the actual gunplay feels pretty decent. You know, the 
the cowboy you start with has a pretty straightforward six-shooter. You can then uh, collect weapons along the way uh, between shops and upgrade areas along the way as well. And then you also have uh, super moves. And so for the cowboy, it's like bullet time. You know, you'll yeah, have it slows a, a down good, everybody in the screen. Like Ten seconds or so where you have that much more space to move around in. There's also a, a sniper character that I got to play yeah. a little bit with. And mm-hmm. hers is sort of a... Uh, what is her super move? Do you recall? Uh, I did not get a chance to use her. Okay. All right. But her, her dodge thing was almost like a going invisible for a few seconds thing. And, and the funny thing is they, they do play pretty distinctly. Uh, the sit shooter, you your strategy is going to be more run and gun, kind of you know dip and dodge, get into cover, uh, shoot at him as you can sort of get around him and, and keep going. The sniper, I did find myself heading for cover and trying to sort of sit patiently and pot shot these guys uh, as they come towards me. So the the strats do change a little bit depending on who you play as in the environments you're in. And some of those side weapons are pretty neat. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's definitely a, uh, a rocket launcher. And oh, see, I, I just had the, the one that split. It was like a double shot. Yeah, that was sort of a, like a laser, right? Yep. Something like that. So uh, those are the two that I found. Uh, the laser shot was interesting, although, like you said, the way that it diverges a little bit, you couldn't mm, always the, sh- shoot straight on because it would miss. <laughs> the further apart, it, the further apart the person was, it would just go like really wide angles. Right, right, and, and then the rocket launcher, it just obliterated stuff. So, you know, understandably, it was it's a lot of fun to <laughs> play around with something like that. Yeah, uh, animation wise, it looks very good, very uh, cartoony, crisp. Uh, nice presentation in that way the enemies have sort of fun grunts or grumbles or, or death noises it uh I, I it's a very polished game very polished and so i was pretty impressed with the presentation the whole wild future futuristic wild west yeah it's where the the robots are the cowboys right right so it it wears that aesthetic really well uh, almost I tr- like steam world dig yeah, I'd see that. I'd see that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you beat the mini boss? I couldn't beat the mini boss. I got real close. I got real close. These, uh, when you get to the bosses, uh, you know, the, just just a little bit like uh, it does remind me of, like into the gungeon there, where these bosses end up being like just giant bullet hells. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... that that's where it's like, oh gosh, okay, I gotta really like, be, I gotta be on my p's and q's, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and then it's the wave of bullets, and then there are usually some waves of enemies that come along, ads that you need to take out to, and it gets very suffocating, <laughs> very quick. And the, and the tricky part is that uh, these characters only have, like, four pips of health, so one hit will just take you down a quarter, and then on top of that, it's just like there's not randomized health dropping. It's, you ha- it's, it's very rare and hard to find. I uh, usually have to purchase at a shop, and then it, it's still, a, it's it, you want to save that money for other things. So it ends up being a little tricky. Yep, yep. And each run, you do have a experience bar that you can then uh, get level ups. I know that was part of why I was able to get the sniper, is that I leveled up high enough with the, uh, the, sh- the uh, cowboy. And so I know at least the character unlocks happened there. I, I didn't quite notice if there was any other 
permanent ads through that though. I'd have to I gotta imagine. I gotta imagine there'll be uh, there'll be more like you unlock different types of drops like the weapons we saw are are pretty much the base level of weapons it, almost like a, you know like a dead cells where you can unlock uh, new things that you'll find in the next run. You you have to imagine so just given the nature of the game it is. Oh, I definitely saw some for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I I think so it's got a lot of neat things going for it. I've uh, you know. Definitely one on the wish list. Uh, it, I've, it's not too often that I jump into these type of games, but mm-hmm. this has the right kind of polish and presentation where I think it could, it could grab me. Or uh, th- did you notice? Was there any option for multiplayer? I don't think so. But let me uh, go ahead and double check. Because... Okay, because that's that's another thing I'd like to see in a game like this is multiplayer. Uh, as my kids get older, they're getting to a point where they can actually play <laughs> games with me besides. Uh, roblox and mario major so it's like okay that's that's one of the thoughts that comes to my head is like can my kids play with me it says it's single player okay yeah all right well it's it's still on the wish list for me i think it's an interesting thing that we should look out for i am curious about did they ever oh they never added uh multiplayer for enter the gungeon i was curious about that one too because i like that one uh and the other part i mean joel get him into alec what was that multiplayer procedurally generated run based game that you that was all multiplayer that we all played together I don't know but I know that uh, 20xx and 30xx has it um, so does Wizard of no, the, Legend the the one I'm thinking of has the that it's uh, got a timer where it's just things are getting harder and harder the longer the run's going no escaping you just, you, me you were it was part two risk of rain Mm. oh yeah okay. all yeah. right yeah joel get him under risk of rain it's been a lifetime since i played that game and it's a good I game know, they've, <laughs> they've added a lot of stuff to it maybe i should go back to risk of rain two, two. well one is i i don't know if you ever played one but one is not what you think mm. it's it's the same but it's fully 2d and it's it looks to be like 8-bit okay all right. Well, I'm I'm definitely not going backwards. So. Yeah, go for It'll the be. 3D the 3D space of it. I don't think that um, Risk of Rain Two has local co-op, so you'd have to have separate PCs set up. Uh, what What about Switch though? Is it on Switch? Yes, yeah, it's it on Switch. Came. I don't know how good the port is on Switch, but it's on there. I'm googling local co-op. Does it? Nope. It's all online. Uh, it's all online. Damn it. Well, if you have an idea for Joel to play a game with his kids that's a roguelike multi- local multiplayer, email us at mail at superggradio.com. But none yeah. of my suggestions helped? No. I, oh. 20, are those, those are the ones that kind of play like Made Demand? Yeah, yeah, 20XX and 30XX. Okay, okay. It doesn't have to be a roguelike. It can be any multiplayer game. <laughs> Well, those those are roguelikes. Yeah, I I've got you know what, I've got those on my Epic Games account. <laughs> should, there we go. I should try installing one of them someday. I like uh, me and Joel played a lot of Twenty XX. No, not me. Okay, yeah, we <laughs> uh, we played it. I think we played it last year, Joel or uh, Getty and I. There you go. Okay. Yeah, it was Getty and I. There you go. Uh, Getty's currently sending us pictures of of Mexico in the chat which means it's time for us to get out of here by the way joel the game was a uh, citizen sleeper 
Thank you. Citizen Sleeper. Let's go ahead and uh, hold on. I got to make sure. Did he write me an outro? Getty. Getty, get in here. He didn't write me an outro. I got to hold on. I'm calling Mexico. I'll be right back. Hey news, my first love checked in with me this week. And they ain't looking so great. I don't, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about any of this. Uh, news. <laughs> uh, eShops drop dead dates for Wii U and 3DS August 29th and 30th for adding funds. March 27th and 28th of 2023 for the final shutdown. It's the final, final shutdown. shutdown. No, don't do anymore. Bad. Flat. Bad. Good job. Is there a way to do that good? I, I don't think he even sing that really that good. You know, I I think uh, Will Arnett has the ownership to doing that good. That's that's oh, really about you it. know, you're yeah. fair. Yeah, you're he, right, right. you can't you can't beat him. Everybody uh, else just has to lean into the bad. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. Joel, what did you th- what do you think of this news? I already made sure I spent like two hundred dollars on the Nintendo eShop, so I'm good. I mean, I, I've made my peace with it. <laughs> no, I think you didn't uh, want to go this. You didn't want to go the two hundred and fifty dollar route. No, Each time I, I, I say it, I, the number I gets higher. I can't say I'm willing to make that investment on uh, aged digital downloads. Uh, you, you know, the biggest loser of this is probably my youngest son, who loves to download like all the demos <laughs> that are on mm. the eShop, uh, and then ask me if we can buy it later. So he's going to be real disappointed pretty soon. But uh, the question for me is, how did he download the demos? That eShop is incomprehensible. He is a patient boy when he is bound and determined to do something. Uh, okay. You, you'd be surprised the kind of focus he can have. And also, oh, like, he can download that and then, like, turn on Roblox on the iPad. <laughs> All sorts of distractions in my home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bummer. It's, it's not surprising given how ancient these things are. Uh, I'm more bummed out by the Wii U just because uh, I'm one of the like one million people that bought one and uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. So, um, I mean, you just got to get like the the what's it called the SD cards and then just like download everything you got. Yeah, more spend, more spend, spend two more or less is what I'm gonna have to do there. The uh, the nice thing is that uh, if you have your Switch, if you have an, your Nintendo account tied to both your Wii U or 3DS and Switch, you can still add funds to the Switch and it'll be usable on the other accounts. So after that August date, if you have that, you still have a workaround. Uh, so fair warning for anybody who cares about that. <laughs> but, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, I had a lot of fond memories with the Wii U. And it, it was sort of the, the precursor to what the Switch became. So I, I loved oh, it yeah. for what it was, even though it felt more like a Fisher-Price controller than a piece of tech like the that switches but uh yeah rip to a real one <laughs> um the uh the other word you know the, la- the last remaining 
holdout on the the from the Wii U is what uh, is uh, was it the uh, Wind Waker, which that still is uh, rumored. Yep. There's a lot of Nintendo rumors about like these games are locked and loaded and done. They're just waiting to like announce it and pull it out, you know, including well, like the Metroid Prime trilogy and stuff. Well, it's funny. Nintendo has recently been very cagey about sharing anything until it's like within the next six to 12 months of coming out. I think they've sort of learned their lesson from Metroid Prime 4 and uh, sequel to Breath of the Wild in that regard. But uh, I mean, it's feasible. You know, Wind Waker HD is a neat title but it's nothing that couldn't be played on the switch there's a twilight princess hd sitting on there that could be ported if they really wanted to the uh that's the other rumor is that both of those are completed they're just like waiting for like a lull yeah okay we gotta we got nothing i pulled one of these out of the closet yep is the the current rumor including um the the metroid prime trilogy yeah that that's what i'm waiting on that's been rumored forever now like years yep so it's it's funny that hasn't made an appearance yet, but we'll see. Maybe it'll hit there. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X is the other one that I keep hearing people say, like, why hasn't that shown up yet? Which is funny because it is much more, like, MMO-ish than even mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles is. Yeah. You know? So it's, it, it's a different flavor. It wasn't something that stuck with me, but... Uh, I'm sure it would get a pop by now, given how popular that series is now. I also find it funny that though, that the all of those Xeno games, none of like they're none of them are connected really, except for Xenoblade Chronicles one through three. They're like the same galaxy per se, mm-hmm. but they're all like take place within like a thousand years of each other. Like they're all a thousand years apart or something ridiculous. Well, there, I there went was... through a, I went through a rabbit hole when I started playing. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, or is Xenoblade Chronicles? Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is the Wii game that turned into a Switch game. Um, okay, yeah, when I was playing it on Switch, that's where I started like going down the rabbit hole because I really liked Xeno Gears. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, they're connected, but it's like, where as in the, these places existed, and Xeno Gears takes place a thousand years before the other games. The series was yeah, like, there was some weird licensing issues around Xenogears and other games in the series. Mm, yeah. There was PlayStation 2 games, right? Yes. Were, were those the ones where it was literally Xenosaga. like playing an MMO? That was the game? I never played them. Okay. I, I, I didn't play a ton of PS2. A lot mm-hmm. of people say that that's like an amazing console, and I don't disagree, but... There, that was when I tuned out of gaming. Was all of the PS2, Xbox, and Wii era. Yeah, my PS2 had a hard drive. I played a lot of PS2 games. <laughs> you know, my PS2 had a hard drive, and I uploaded a butt ton of games, and it's still sitting there with a butt ton of games, and I just have not played them. I just remember a lot of sitting in the apartment, like two or three PlayStation 2s sitting in the living room. All of us playing games on like a Friday or Saturday or Saturday night because that's the kind of cool people we were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Friday Friday and Saturday nights were the nights that I did not raid for World of Warcraft, so mm-hmm. that's when I could play with you guys. Yeah, yeah, the PlayStation Two stuff like it. I think a lot of the fondness is that if you started with the PlayStation One and then jumped to the PlayStation Two, the jump in how it looked felt significant at the time, like really significant. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So I, I think that yeah. sort of shift is a big part of why people remember it fondly, and it, it just games became a little more complex at that point too. And it, it's kind of like the Harry Potter stuff, right? You, you start with the simple stuff, and you age up with the series of systems, and so it grows with you. Um, yeah. But truth be told, like, there's not many PlayStation Two games I would go back to. <laughs> no. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. Next piece of news. That was a long-winded way to go over the news. Uh, Discord voice channel integration coming to Xbox. Um, it's in a, It starts with Xbox Insiders and will roll out to wider audiences. Uh, this kind of goes along with, uh, I think, was it Discord got purchased, right? Did it? I thought so. I'm going to Google that real quick. But how do you, Joel, how do you feel about it being on your Xbox? I mean, I uh, what I liked about it is that if, there is cross-play between Xbox and something else. It might be an easy way to manage in-game chat rather than trying to figure out some ham-fisted way to, you know, have, like, a PC next to me while I play something on there um, or try to do it through my phone or something. So it, it's a nice convenience thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it is just the chat for now, not so much the, like, uh, you know, different threads in a channel kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a nice quality of life feature. Let's put it that way. Yeah, the, uh, apparently the Microsoft was in talks, but they ended the the talks ended where they didn't end up purchasing Discord. You have to imagine this ends up on PlayStation sometime as well, right? Yeah, uh, and of course, because I didn't pay attention to the news, somehow Magic the Gathering got on the news. Magic the Gathering Arena coming to Steam and consoles. Uh, which ones is still to be determined? But as of right now, there will be Magic the Gathering coming to your consoles. Magic the Gathering and Steam. Arena. And Steam. Uh, Arena, that's the, the, that's the mobile game, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a mobile version of it. Yeah, it's, it's, there is but, an app, and then it's, it's browser-based starting out with, right? No. It wasn't? I thought it was browser-based at start. Excuse no, me. it's just an app. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's good. But it's a full-fledged magic experience. You can play... Uh, Which means that I played it for all of uh, half an hour, got frustrated because yeah. I did not understand the rules, and noped out. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So I had the magic. Good times. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. The, uh, we beta tested this one. We did. We did. And I enjoyed it a lot, and I have not played it since. So, For some reason, I thought it was on PC, though. It is on PC. It just was its standalone client. Okay. Oh, there we go. So now it's coming to Steam, and and okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, similar to like Path of Exile, was a standalone client. Now they're integrating with Steam. Hmm. It'll bring more users in. It's weirder for 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 companies to to have their own standalone client. It's or it's more out there now. I mean, a lot of people used to do that, but now it's it's kind of further away. There always seems to be like an ebb and flow where like everybody congregates to Steam and then they try to dip their toes into creating their own storefront or to your point like their own client. Uh, you know, feels very old PC in that way. I kind of like that <laughs> part. Of it. The days, yeah, the days of the old launchers and stuff is is, is slowly going away. I rem- I remember that being kind of a lot, especially like with the what was it Battle.net? Yeah. Yeah, well, and you look at it, too, like, Arena's been out for four years now. Wow. <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize it was that long. <laughs> yeah, September 27th, 2018. Oh, man. 
That's how long we've been doing this. No, it is not. Okay. We I, we beta tested a version of it that was like not out yet. Like I think it I think that the it came out was like possibly early access. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yep. So Next piece of news, this one's for me. Skate 4 officially titled Skate and it will be free to play, cross play and cross progression. How do you feel? What all is it coming out for? <laughs> uh, I they I don't think they let's see. Uh, I I don't know if they said officially yet. I, let's see. Yeah. It should be consoles, uh, PS5, Xbox, uh, Series X and S, Xbox One, PC, PS4. Oh. And I wonder how the Steam. cross progression will work with um, like PlayStation. Because usually PlayStation and Xbox is completely separated. It's going to have to have some local server. Or Not necessarily. Server. I think it's account based because it's yeah. EA. Uh, yeah, EA has it has its own account. Th- them system, and so. them and Ubisoft love having their own accounts that you have to sign in on separately from the actual PlayStation Store or whatever. It's bad. There was a game, I can't remember which one, but there was a game that had like I think, but it was Bethesda. But that had it had you had to log in with your Bethesda account. And I thought that was kind of ridiculous as well. I think I had to do with that with Stry- uh, Skyrim when I tried to play that for an hour, which was that weird. Might yeah. So the, I'm not particularly thrilled by this idea, and the reason why, and, and, and the idea of it being free to play, because, because you know I, there's going to be microtransactions. Yeah, that and also I I also I I feel like this, this is almost when it goes free to play it feels like it's almost like early access. So you're they're, you're gonna get a very bare bones experience that will get fleshed out. So like I'm excited for Skate Four maybe in like two three years, yeah. but I don't know how much I'm gonna love it like upon release. And actually, the more I've been like reflecting on myself and what I'm playing and the way I like to play, I don't necessarily think that Skate is is for me anymore. Uh, Skater XL kind of ruined all that for me. So what are what are some distinctions between Skater XL and Skate? Oh, skate is a full, generally a full like narrative experience. Okay. Like with challenges and missions and story content, uh, there's generally a lot. Of, there is conversations. There's uh, getting off your board and going from place to place. It's 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 more of a Tony Hawk, but uh, it's still remaining uh, realistic. Hmm. So you do get more of that. Uh, you do get the the challenge like. Go through this this tunnel, then do the, a five hundred point trick over the over the tunnel. You know, because you're going so fast and you fly like five hundred feet. Do a ten eighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get you still get that like Tony Hawk level of silliness, but then it's then it then you get like yo, we're gonna take a photo for you for this cover so you could be a pro. <laughs> that kind of. Thing. Yeah, I, I definitely remember feeling like this is a lot more grounded than Tony Hawk Pro Stater. Uh, to the yeah. point where it was prohibitive to me. Like I, I remember playing that demo at uh, parties and stuff, and thinking like, "This seems very cool." Also, I'm completely out of my depth. <laughs> yeah, and 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 where I'm at, I'm not looking for that as much as I'm just looking to like mess around on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what that's what like Skater XL is for me. I set up elaborate, you know, stat, stats and 
gravities and I set up elaborate maps and where I want to be and I just want to look cool and I want to take like a fake photo in my head and screenshot it and then be like be done. So you're you're approaching like a sim game then. Oh, absolutely. That I've made Skater XL. I mean, it was it was built as a sim, but I've also again modified it to the point that it is absolutely just like full realism, clicking mm-hmm. down you know, foot per foot. I have taken I have uh there's let's go into the weeds here. <laughs> There is a uh, a mod that I have. I will turn down all frick. Uh, I will turn up all the friction. I will get into a grind, and my character will just stop in the grind. And then I have to hold the stick in a position while using my mouse to move my foot to basically customize how I want this specific grind to look. So I have my my hand on the sticks to like keep myself in the grind, but then I'm with my mouse. I'm moving sliders left and right. I want his foot a little higher. I want his kind of hanging on the toe a little bit. I want his foot angled up a little bit. Then I turn everything back to normal. And whenever I do the grind, he automatically gets in the position I assigned. So I've customized per grind how every grind looks. Wow. That's um, intense. That's intense. <laughs> yeah. And that goes along with like, the, and that, that's, I do that with flips. I do, Just writing on my board is different than what the stock writing on your board is. Alex, how many hours have you put into Skater XL? Hmm. Uh, we're over 300. There you go. Wow. There we go. Yep. Okay, we're we're getting into Rocket League territory then. That's uh It's my it's my cooldown like it's it's a uh, man, I'm getting a little sleepy. I should probably like play like 15 minutes of Skater XL and then go to bed. Sure. Sure. Is there a pro community there? Like is there some sort of uh, competitive scene for Skater XL? Not competitive, but there are competitions thrown by the developers. Okay. And they have, like, a video contest and stuff like that. I've done a couple of, like, uh, they, they, they released a map that was only one obstacle. One, like, solid obstacle. And they said, give us one clip of your best trick on this one obstacle. Stuff like that. And they do have, like, contest runs. They figured out how to do, like, they'll release a contest map. And then say, okay, we're going to start a timer. And we have judges. And we're gonna when we have a spectator mode, go you know try not to fall. And there's a there's a regular unmodded, and then there's a modded version of like these contests. This to me is like listening to Richard talk about uh, Eve Online. Like I'm fascinated by it, and I will yep. never approach. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you don't have to like really engage with it as much as you just like, you know, it's it's like anything else, right? I'm gonna you know you you you're a Gundam guy and you want to customize every piece of the Gundam and you want to paint them and you want to do this whole thing. I'm like one step away. Like I've put, uh, I have modified the clothes so that my character's clothes move with like the wind, which is very cool. But like, I'm like one step away from like, Hmm, I should probably figure out how to scan my face. Wow. Get a 3d scanner. No, uh, there are ways. There are ways I've seen programs that like, cause again, people have done this before. This is not multiple cameras. Yeah. So this is not new territory, but for me, I'm just kind of like, hmm, I should probably just scam a face and then, then just be done with it. I, I love the idea of having to just be like golden eye face, where it's just like a, a picture transposed over like uh, an oval shape <laughs> model. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, all, it, it's all good stuff. I, I That is to say, uh, Skate skate 4 will be interesting. It is called Skate. Um, people have the... Every, the community has their eyes on it, and uh, 
I'm also watching as they're releasing like developer updates and developer blogs just showing you like footage and as of right now it looks like a 360 game so hopefully that gets shored up in the future next piece of news TMNT Cowabunga Collection releases August 30th Joel hell yeah how jammed are you you hyped <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be my uh my game of the summer I think it uh it, it's just the year of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know? And I am far removed from my time where I had been really plugged into any of that stuff. But Shredder's uh, Revenge just hit the right spot, and being able to sort of jump back into this old stuff is going to it's gonna feel like home. It's going to be real good. You are a brawler, man. That's for sure. I am. I am. And I'm actually one of the suckers that liked that original NES game, too. Um uh, mm. In, in like in all of its broken janky glory so uh <laughs> what i'm really curious to see is if they've kept it intact the way it was uh i some of these uh collections like i did afraid that they're gonna try to like fix the slowdown or uh try to like clean it up in some way where if you're someone like me like you've got that muscle memory of knowing exactly how it's gonna play so like i know exactly when things are going to start stuttering freezing i know that like okay i need to go back five steps to the different screen so i can come forward five steps so that the pizza life up item will still be there again and just you know refresh so i can just spam that stuff like that so i'll, I'll be real curious to see if they kept things like that intact and I'm really curious to see what kind of, like, extra features and stuff, because they advertise a lot of, like, animation and, and art assets and stuff like that you can go through. So, uh, really hoping that it'll turn out good. For that, for the slowdown, that's how I, that, I could probably do that with Sonic Spinball. Yes. It would feel wrong if it didn't have that. <laughs> if, if Sonic Spinball ran smooth, I would be very concerned. <laughs> What is, what is wrong with this game? Next piece of news. Uh, Destiny 2 Witch Queen Cheater Harassment Texas, uh, Toxic Lawsuit. Joel, did you get a chance to look at this one? No, I just copied a link. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Destiny 2 Troll gets sued as studio opens up about impact of toxicity. So there was a troll in Destiny 2, and apparently he's getting sued. Okay, as so... Destiny's- the deal gets uh, shored up with Sony. Yeah, the, the short and long of this is that it didn't go just to trolling. Like, they were actively harassing Bungie employees and, and sending oh, threats wow. and stuff. So, uh, gamers, you now know the lim- limit as to what legally a, a developer will put up with. <laughs> good. I mean, not good that they had to do this, but it's like, so, like, we re- like someone needed to say something, right? And there needed to be some sort of like ramifications here right it's one of those wrinkles where like the the article title doesn't necessarily show the entire story so you see the article title and it's like bungie sues troll and then it's like troll was sending sexually explicit things to employees and sending death threats and swatting people (laughs) it's like well yeah no wonder uh I mean, really, it's sad that they had that they had to wait till he went. Like, I mean, I don't know if they didn't wait it, but you know, what I mean, it's sad that like it took this much to get him, like, you know, just to finally probably stop, right? I, you know, my my impression is that these devs and uh, bigger companies try their best to just stay out and, and take the tact of like 
don't feed the trolls or give them attention because it'll make things worse. Alec, you're giving yeah. me real Unabomber vibes with the way that the shadow means <laughs> I've got the air vent blowing right on me. I just, I can't not have the hood no, on. No, I did it. I did it. <laughs> it's just the shade. Uh, but, I mean, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and uh, take them to court. Did, did them, did their ass throw them in jail. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Hell yeah. And last piece of news here. We have a, a death in the video game history here. We have Robert Allen uh, Koenecki has passed away. He was the original creator of Moira, the very first directly rogue-inspired game. Moria. It references okay. Lord of the Rings. Sure. Sorry. All right. Yeah. I should watch those one day. <laughs> yep. He, he played the ultimate rogue. The uh, No more lives. Did, did you... Uh... I thought you'd get another, I thought you'd get another run, Alec. No. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's a different procedurally generated world, so we're not going to be there. Mm. You know. Okay. Um, so, uh, Alex, did he have any familiarity with this? I, I, I thought of you when I saw this news. So. Yeah, not with Moria directly. Uh, my first was Ang Band, and went from there. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, clearly somebody influential in that world. So. Yes. Yeah, it's still, you know, sad to hear that these creators, the people that really, like, leave their mark, you know? Yeah. It's history. It's really what it comes down to. Now, making the impossible pivot here, freebies. We're going into freebies. Joel, insert audio here. Freebies. 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 Freebies this week. We got a bevy of freebies. We got Leisure Suit Larry 5. Passionate Patty does a little undercover work. I don't love when you keep make, when you keep putting these on here. You're you're claiming everyone, aren't you, Joel? I No. I'm only claiming the names here for posterity. I uh, uh you, this you know what? Daddy wouldn't let me get away with it. And I knew that you couldn't stop me, so I, I couldn't help myself. This is on Indie Gala. Then we have the infamous Second Son Cole's Legacy DLC on the PSN. Yeah, the uh, uh, what what is the name of the dev for them? Uh, Sucker Punch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sucker Punch uh, has come out and said, like, we have no plans for more infamous, but. Here, you can at least download this DLC for free. So, like, sad, small little bone thrower th- thrown our way for that. But I'll take it. Yeah. I never played any of those infamous games, so. You should. It's a plan. They're good. It's a, it's a, it's a backlog game, for sure. Played the first oh. one. It was pretty good. I was waiting for, like, a collection. I, I was hoping for a remaster or, or at, like, a <laughs> some recent port of it, you know. Um, they're... They're good games. They're PlayStation 3 games, but they're they're pretty good. Yeah. Then we have Tenenberg uh, over on Epic Game Store. This is a World War One first-person shooter. Then we have Trash Bomber over at Steam. Uh, Trash Bomber is a clicker puzzle game where you're trying to blow up trash. Lastly, I do want to throw out there that uh, I've said this before, but game there are games that are always free. Uh, over on Steam, we have free, uh, Eraser, Dots Home, and The Looker. 
over on Steam, always free. Free 99. And uh, Getty, it was his outro says here, uh, I've moved on from Skater XL to the news, but if this conversation is anything, I've only fallen more in love with that Skater XL. Me and Skater XL are going to go have a little moment. We'll be right back. with the backlog blog where we play games to team up with the family robot and get lucky i'm Giggity. unsure about that yeah uh joel and i played norco uh, we played nor a demo of norco i believe last year and it has since come out uh and uh i was it's been on my list for a bit i have uh I have a short list, you know, not just the beat list, but in, in my backlog. But I have just games that I like. I'm looking forward to each year. Generally, it's like five or six games, and I try to make sure to hit those. Norco was one of the ones that I had been sitting on for a bit. That I was like, I have to, I want to play Norco this year, and I did. This was on my and wish. Joel saw this was on my wish list, and uh, then I saw it was on Xbox <laughs> Game Pass. So, yeah, and, and I I tied it on you and on you, but yeah, I. I saw you put this on the uh, the backlog vlog, and I was like, I think I can knock that out this week if I try real hard. Yep. So this is Joel. This is your point and click adventure. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the one for me this year. But but like okay. you, when we played it uh, for early adopters, I was struck by like the cool world that it was setting up. Uh, some of the ways they presented the information that you collect throughout the game, I found interesting too. And so it, it is nice to like get the full experience and, and see in totality what it did. Um, for those who don't remember, Norco is a story about uh, you are a woman returning home after sort of uh, drifting from place to place in the U.S. doing jobs uh, to find that your mother had passed away and mm. uh, basically kind of going through the motions of trying to find out like what has been left behind and then trying to find your brother and you end up sort of pulling at a lot of different threads that escalates this story into crazy places um but the actual environments are very dingy uh very muted colors uh it's a world where there is a organization called shield which is a i believe an oil refinery business is the yes. way it's fronted at mm -hmm. In, in this place and, and it's one of those situations where it's like it is the business that sustains this location but it's also the thing kind of like bleeding the town dry it, it's a situation slowly where, killing it right yeah. like they, they've got so much power and influence that it makes a scenario where like there's only one place you can be employed but also that place is just being tyrannical and and destroying everything around it uh so a lot of the the events that take place and story beats really surrounds itself around that, uh, but in in some ways it isn't even that central to the main character's story. It's almost kind of window dressing to like one part of the entire story. Uh, 
So before we get too deep into the story, though, it, it is your standard point-and-click adventure. Uh, in terms of like clicking things, it'll give you detail. It'll let you sort of make choices. For example, we talked about this during the beta, but like you go to your room, old room, childhood room, and there's a teddy bear, and you do a staring contest with it. And if you win the staring contest, you can take the bear with you, and he becomes a member of your party. <laughs> Oh, that's what the reference in the opening was for. I get it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. that uh... and then the other, the but the other part about that is that the when uh, just reading and choosing, like the game will give you little bits and pieces of like your father was, and then you have like a couple options, and that sets the story in motion and gives you uh, depth and detail that people will reference throughout the story. If you say like my dad was cold and not very loving, then later on they'll like someone will just mention like your dad was a cold son of a bitch. And it's like, Oh, okay. Right. So the, the game picks those stories. And, and I, I'm referencing that now because I don't know if you've gotten there, Joel, but if you had the bear in your party, uh, it comes at the end in the last kind of section. It does like reference, like, the bear is a solution to a problem. So I, I did actually finish the game, and, and this is the kind oh, of game did? where I wouldn't hate if we delved at least a tiny bit at some point into spoiler territory, just because yeah. the story is wild, and it is a big part of what makes this game interesting and worth playing, is that they really, number one, they build the world very well. It feels very developed very lived in uh all the characters seem like they belong in a way even the more erratic or especially the more erratic and strange and, and bizarre and the way that the characters inform the story makes sense the the story to be kind of nonsensical at points or be very like up in the air is how to interpret it but it suits the characters that the story is trying to tell and so like before we get into that uh, one of the parts that they display information to you or help you keep track of what's happening is there's a menu and then they sort of give you like a web, like a web. Yeah. And then they got these icons as you find more information. So like you'll find about your mom and then they'll create an icon and then you click on the icon and it'll say your mom was, and then it'll say like, well, she worked at this place. And then you click different dialogue options and it'll expand more detail as you find more information as you play through the game. But then it'll another section will be like uh, your brother, and then it'll do the same sort of traps based off of the information you find playing through the game. And I think there's a way for you to miss some of it. Yes. I think, like, because that, that's one of the things, too, is that, like, there are lots of little details that you could overlook. Uh, for example, Alex, if I remember right, from your end for the teddy bear, uh, you lose it at some point, but there's a point where you're going through a lake, and then you can dive and retrieve the teddy bear <laughs> yes. from, from there. It, you know, you magically find him again <laughs> in the lake. And that, but that also, then, there's a puzzle later on that has multiple solutions, but one of them being the teddy bear, because there was a, there was a, there was a character and you could, like, I was trying to talk to him and he goes, this only way I'm going to believe you is, is like, I'm never going to believe you. And like, I, I, there was a mechanic where you can record something and I was like, Oh, I could just play him this recording, but I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I only know that because 
at one point the character a character goes you should probably record this yeah <laughs> and i didn't record it so then later on the guy came up and goes do you have a recording or something and i was like no i don't but i got this teddy bear and the teddy bear kind of triggered what i needed from it for the story to for that for that character's story to progress as like a side quest yeah. i was like oh awesome i could do this thing and it just kind of solved itself fantastic now with this uh through the character building, the backstory building, and the multiple solutions to puzzles, mm. is it worth playing through more than once? Uh, there are multiple endings, but I but I, I feel like the endings are pretty binary one way or another. So I think that it's not an well, it's short enough, I guess. That's like it's you know it's like three hours. So because of that, it could be worth it just to see the different puzzle, uh, the puzzle solutions. But I don't necessarily think it's worth it if you're trying to like see the different endings. And like, I don't think that the story changes in huge swaths. Yeah, from from my recollection, because I did look a little bit into this after uh, I beat it. um, I think the ending changes are basically within the last like act. It's pretty much a binary choice of like A or B. Yeah. So. But the, the replayability. I do think that also again, the the amount that like the story is the story. There's not. It's not like you're going to get a completely different story. You're just going to get a couple of different reactions, and then people will make a comment regarding it. Yeah, I think the replayability is contingent on if you've missed things or feel like you might have missed things and just want to play it again and and see what sort of different solutions you have because depending on the choices you make too you'll get different like dialogue responses or or small actions that take place if you make those choices as well um there there's a section where and i don't know alex do i guess alec number one would you find yourself playing this game (laughs) maybe but it's been out since march so okay okay Maybe, maybe we can put a spoiler warning here because i think part of what's worth talking about this game is the story itself i mean it's it's pretty uh i would say vagueness for the ending okay all right so more broadly speaking alec it's a game about you as this woman coming back and trying to unravel the mystery of what happened to your mom and how the shield organization was involved and then your brother also ends up missing and so you're you're skimming the area with a robot companion assistant that helped your family out try to un- figure out this mystery, and the game itself splits into sort of two different parts in each act. One is you trying to find out what happened, and then the other half is playing as her mom, and and sort of, in a in a flashback. right in a flashback sort of like, and it's one of those things where like playing as the mom informs then what you're doing and you have this neat thing of like okay well now i know what the main character doesn't know so then you can also sort of like infer some of your answers based off of that too when you're playing the main uh-huh. character. Uh, so it plays off itself very well um but one and it also makes it it also makes it it makes it feel a little bit like uh you're chasing a ghost because you your character will say like we got to break into this place and you're like great and then it'll like you'll get to that section where it's like oh we're about to break in and then the story will cut to a flashback of the mom and the mom will just be like oh this is that place got it It, it's very it's very back and forth like playing on and on top of it where your mother it's it feels like 
based on how you're playing, your mother is always like one step ahead of you. Yeah. And that's okay. kind of cool because once your mother does something, you're like, oh, that's also why I'm here. And then it's like, okay, go break into that place now. Well, now I know why. Right. You know, you, nice. you feel you feel like you have context and that context is pretty good. So in terms of things that you can sort of discover and not uh, have a necessary part of the story, uh, there is a section where you have a father whose son has gone missing into trouble. And basically he sort of resigned himself to the fact that his son is unsavable at this point. Uh, but he basically says, like, I wanted to come home. And, and so using that recording device, the phone, you can record the message from the father saying like look i miss you i'm worried about you i just want you to come home and then if you find his son who doesn't want to go back thinks he's not belonging there and send him that message he'll be like oh okay well screw this i'm gonna go home <laughs> so so there, there are little things that you can overlook but uh and, and don't necessarily be required for the main story but it adds a lot of nice character to what's happening Right, and it's another thing that sort of fleshes out the world around it. Very cool. I have found though that it. I have I've played a lot of these adventure games, and the last I want to say the last like four or five have generally kind of like had this like intriguing like noir tale, and I'm like, oh man, this would be dark and gritty and mysterious, and then at the end, it just kind of goes batshit like almost sci-fi wildness into things that I'm like, this is not, this is not what, this is not grounded in realism. This is a little wild and a little wacky and it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't go, it doesn't go completely crazy, but I just mean that it's, these games have a tendency to kind of go off the rails in a way that I'm always a little bit, I'm always confused. I'm always, I'm, I'm always surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Norco kind of did the same. Right. It is not a straight laced, uh, like murder mystery thing it it devolves into a little bit of occultism uh definitely a lot of conspiracy and uh just a lot of deranged characters and i i think it sort of suits it well in this case like it, it you know you're, you're not really a gumshoe to start with this and and you run into a, a detective but like he's he's this is probably uh akin to most uh, stories like this, but he's he's not exactly put together. <laughs> Let's put it that no. So he's got his problems. His demons are haunting him. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, Yes. He's very crass. Yeah, like having uh his office chair next to a toilet. So Well no also his the, there's a window <laughs> at the office chair and he he wrote like a thing where he was like neighbors complained again about having to see me when I'm on the toilet. I told him Hank got a look. <laughs> I'm looking at them. <laughs> it's like, oh man, yeah, yeah. gross. Uh, but no, this is the. There was one I played last year called Backbone. That was the one where you're like a raccoon detective. Yeah. That one had a, a story that devolved into like just full sci-fi in the last act to the point that it almost like it wasn't. There, it was apropos of nothing. They're just like, oh, by the way, now this is happening, and I, that's where I kind of was unhappy with the, how that played out, and I just kind of was like, well, this is not how I wanted that story to go, which is fine, but well, it just wasn't fun. How did you feel about this one? I personally felt like they breadcrumbed it enough to where it didn't go completely unexpected, but I, I'm curious to see your thoughts. 
I thought that yeah, they it definitely had a had a, a little bit of a sci-fi twist in there that kind of turned it on its head. I I felt a little bit like the resolution, uh, uh, both endings, kind of left me a little bit more, uh, unsatisfied because I just I, I think I just wanted a little bit more from those characters. I, I guess I wanted a little bit more of like a. I wanted an official ending, and this kind of left left not in a cliffhanger, but it definitely just kind of ended with your characters just kind of like, oh, man, rough stuff. Yeah, I, like that kind of thing. I agree. It's a little abrupt. You, you know, there, there's this yeah. there's this lead up, and you're getting to this crescendo, and uh, some of these games you sort of expect to be given like the whole like, okay, this is what's happening, or, or these this is what's gonna happen, and, and it is really just sort of this abrupt ending with a a non resolution in some ways. Uh, yeah. So um, I guess I didn't mind the the twist, and it, I'm happy it didn't go as far as what ba- what happened with Backbone. So I'll I'll prefer that uh, as long as it it's still it's explained enough that it feels that it it's it's feasible in the world. I felt like it was it, it was close though. For me, it was it was close. Like I, for a second there, I was like, this almost seems like this wouldn't happen in the world, mm-hmm. but they've put enough of a doubt in my mind that I'll say, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's still worth playing. I mean, it's a short enough experience if you like point-and-click adventures, if you like uh, mysteries that can go a little bit out there. Uh, this is definitely up your alley. And it's very well written. Yes. Very well written. Absolutely. It's probably one of the highlights of this game. So that was Norco. Now... Uh, I don't need to go too long into this one, but I am currently playing Capcom Fighting Collection. Uh, this was an audible I just kind of threw in there at the last second. I wanted to tell you guys about Capcom Fighting Collection. It is a collection of old school Capcom arcade games that uh, I ha- I hold in fond regard. I definitely hold in fine and fond regard for a lot of these games. Uh, Specifically, I'm pulling up the list here. We got uh, Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two Hyper Edition. Uh, we have Red Earth, Cyberbots, Darkstalkers, Darkstalkers Two Ooh. Night Warriors, Darkstalkers Revenge, Vampire Savior, which is Darkstalkers Three, Vampire Hunter Two, or Vampire Savior Two. It's the one's the English version, one's the Japanese version. That's essentially uh, Darkstalkers Four, and then we have my favorites, which are uh, super Puzzle Fighter, fantastic, yes. and Super Super Gem Fighters, Super Gem Fighters, and I just wanted to talk about how Super Gem Fighters is a game that I don't think is easily playable. I don't think it's really a game a lot of people are aware of. Joel, are you aware of Super Gem Fighters? No, the announcement of this collection is the first time I had heard of it. Actually, so. Uh, you've seen Puzzle Fighter. You've played Puzzle Fighter. Right. You've lost to me in Puzzle Many Fighter. Many times. Yeah. <laughs> now, imagine if pu- the Puzzle Fighter chibi characters were uh, an actual Street Fighter game. That That's pretty cool. <laughs> and now, hold on, add into the fact that there are gems that you can knock out of each other. But if you've collected all the gems, you can do your super. Hmm. Yep. There we go. And and the the like what's pretty cool is that if you remember like the, just the chibi characters alone are kind of like a very uh, charming like artwork 
for the you know the Street Fighter and Darkstalkers characters. But what you may not remember is that they're also very cartoonish in the way that they are joking. Mm-hmm. So, like uh, Zangief will dress up in a construct with a put will all of a sudden pull out a construction ha- uh, Mega Man hat and a vest and hit somebody with a stop sign. And it's only for one move. It's like his forward, forward punch. All of a sudden, he automatically is in that costume hitting you with a stop sign. But oh, then it's also, goofy. What was that? It's goofy. <laughs> yeah, or his uh, his kick move, he'll put on the big Russian uh, hat and do the Russian dance while kicking mm-hmm. him. Hmm. But it's, 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 it's just so quick that they're jumping in and out of costumes uh, and doing these really cartoonish, silly moves. When they when you punch them, their eyes bulge out of their head, and and it's it's a it's a very fun uh, little fighter that I uh, was very obsessed with during the PS One era, and uh, you know, I, I, being a big fan of uh, puzzle fighters, I'm very glad that they are bringing back gem fighters. So that was for me that the big collection for me that I was like, oh my god, this is the reason why I would ever buy this is just these characters. And it also includes like, I mean, you got to imagine Akuma is also real silly (laughs) in chibi form. He jumps in the air, puts on a speedo and dives into a water like a high diver. Wow. (laughs) So it's, it's just fun all over. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else is there, but the, I'm watching. I'm watching footage right now. Chun Li jumped into the background, became a, a traffic director, and and directed a giant uh, bike race through that hit the character. Very funny. Anyway, uh, but the the Cap- the Capcom cl- fighting collection is is a really cool way to play these games. If you want to, you know, my brother is big into these games as well, so it's very easy for him to like hop on over. Hey, come on, let's just pop in and let's do a couple rounds. Me versus you. Let's go. And, you know, we have the, the rivalry that's fun and, and, and exciting for us to do. Um, I will say that's a lot of Darkstalkers. Yeah. That's like five games, and and two of them are repeats. One's just a Japanese version. So uh, there's that. And I guess if you're, like, a completionist, sure. But the other part of that is that... I, the, the big appeal for me was I've been playing Puzzle Fighter and Gem Fighter for years. I gotta be good. I, I feel it in my bones that I would be competitive online ranked and I want to do that. I will also tell you that no one is online for this. Yeah, that that's what I was worried about this collection because I've had my eye on this and it's not never something I was going to play uh, right at launch because I think the price is a little prohibitive for me to, to jump in right away, but I figured these games are... I mean, again, I'm playing it at launch. Right. But, I mean, the, these games are a little niche, right? I mean, not just Puzzle Fighters and uh, Gem Fighters, but even even Darkstalkers, it's not something you hear about too much uh, in the broader community. I was always a big fan of the art. I was less of a fan of the uh, the actual gameplay. It's very Street Fighter-esque, but I felt like it was a little bit more bare bones to mm-hmm. me. I didn't feel like I, could, I had a whole lot of variability. Yeah, yeah. I like the character design. All of those characters, BB Hood. Uh, the there's a B. There was actually a Queen Bee Lady that was pretty cool. The Merman. Just these horror tropes are very fun. And like the Abominable Snowman in Part Two, or the Yeti. I mean, it's just, it's a fun idea. Uh, the anime was pretty cool as well. But I I just I was very excited to play online, and then unfortunately, and then even I got I it took me about forty minutes to get an online match for Puzzle Fighter. Wow. And it was laggy. 
and it was dropped frames and it was just a real rough spot that's a bummer so yeah it it is that's that's where i i'm coming off with it is that i just i i would like to tell people if you would like to play this game you should but make sure you're playing it for the right reasons and that is not online play yes you want to play it because you want to have these collections in your back pocket so that when like you have if you have somebody in mind joel buy it stomp your kids that's <laughs> there you like go. the that's the thought right there oh man i uh now now you're making you it tempting totally do now it. i'm tempted <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that that's all it, it comes down to is that these are very cool little packs of games that are fun just make sure that you you are doing the things that you uh you're you're keeping an eye out for what you want, which is not online. Uh, also, Red Earth, first time on home consoles, arcade only, generally. Hmm. And of course, they have like the classic like music, and and uh, you can uh, put a little filters over it. You get artwork, museum artwork, uh, and different stuff like that. So it, that's all there as well. It's just yeah, the uh, don't go in it. Hype it up like, man, I'm going to do some ranked matches. And it's like, well, uh, if you want to sit there for like 45 minutes, sure. But I did not want to do that. I did that once and I said, well, I don't know. I think that might be enough for me. So uh, I'm pulling it up now. It is $40. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, little, that's a little too rich for me. Yeah, but I, I, it's not full price, so that when the sale does happen, it'll at least drop it down to where it could be, like you know, twenty bucks. Yeah, I. To, to be clear, I think that the content is there. It's not a question about the value of what's in there. It's just for someone like me who doesn't have a fondness for most of the stuff. It would be a curiosity, right? It would be just a dip the experience of trying this stuff. So, uh, personal. Yeah, I mean, and in fact, yeah. the the what one of these games I showed you for the first time this year when you came to go to Galloping Ghost. Correct. <laughs> what was it? I showed you uh, the because I showed you the, the arcade cabinet for Cyberbots. Yes. Yep. That game's yeah. wild. Yeah. Capcom. Great for fighters. Lots of great art design. Uh, but they're uh, this online this online component. Not not the bee's knees. Not the queen bee's knees. No. No. No? No? Episode no. title? No? Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, with that, let's move on to One Last Thing. Uh, one Last Thing brought to you by Alec adding his second game to the beat list. Alec, what'd you be? Oh, let's go into that. Uh, good, good job, Alec, adding your second game to the beat list. Woo! Uh, one Last Thing, where we say one last sentence, one last statement, sending us into the weekend, and you, the listener, into the weekday. For me, I'm but I'm wrapping up Stray, uh, and uh, I think I'm having a nice little weekend of just like a uh, chill, chill. Maybe like uh, I'm jumping back into Yakuza, doing some cool break dancing. Joel, uh, so my my oldest and I have started a Cuphead adventure here. Um, I am forcing him to not choose the easy mode. We're playing through it regular mode, and. Uh, he has then, in our spare time, gone to Mario Maker 2 and started recreating <laughs> Cuphead boss levels. 
that's and cool. man, he that seems advanced. And he is number one. It is very advanced. I'm I'm impressed by the quality of the levels. Number two, he's a major troll. <laughs> it is it is shocking how many different traps he added and and like i found myself taking like five or ten times to beat these games it just blows my mind like i i i find myself a very competent 2d platformer player but it's he's a nightmare right now i gotta watch my back <laughs> all the and more Alec. reason to get the capcom fighting collection and stomp <laughs> Put him in this place Yep. Just really like remind him who's boss. <laughs> and uh, Alec, your one last thing. Uh, I am going to a break, a rage room tomorrow. I'm really excited about that. Cool. Gonna take a half hour and just break shit supervised. Mm. Those always seem. But you save the CRTs. Save the CRTs. No, break them. Throw them off a building and record them at late night. If. If that. there are CRTs there, is it assumed that they're non-functioning by that point, or do you think they just? Oh, yes. hopefully. Yeah, I was gonna say those those things are gonna become like relics at some point. I'll say otherwise, the Smash community will cry. Yeah. <laughs> and that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and Twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where Alex is. Hitting the backlog on Mondays. Been playing some Metal Gear Rising. About halfway through that one. Tuesdays are for Alex chilling with Skater XL, enjoying some music. Last week we listened to a bunch of Fanagram. And I played some multiplayer Skater XL. We got a new show coming up that we're not ready to announce just yet, but Wednesdays will soon have a slot for a couple of hours of some games. Thursdays is the live podcast. You're probably watching us right now. And... Saturdays, we still got Scribble Not Saturdays. Joel Kelly, how are you guys doing? Plugging along, learning some new words. I was in the chat last time I started screaming stuff. Yeah, it was real dumb. Are they four letter words? Uh, you no. know, believe it or not, this children's game does not have those words. That's it a is a little disappointing. Yeah, pity is a word though. But I, I don't think that's in their vocabulary. That's not an adjective. So. What no. what would That's what would right. pity be in noun form? Uh, you would look your nose down on something. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is mail at superggradio and provide a review on iTunes or the You Boys Like Mexico Getty Snapchat of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. Good day. GG Alec. GG. Good night, everybody. Okay.